welcome to episode 27 of Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. We are going to be talking a little bit today about kind of coaching around the physicality of the work, um, how you can have it kind of land inside your body and feel like crap, um, but also <laughs> the the, the importance of self-care within that. And I think that that's something that all of us, especially as we head into holiday season, could have a really good reminder about. We're going to be around people that might not be on the same wavelength as us um, and dealing with some of the emotions that holidays bring up anyway, and also just the stress that can come with it. Um, and so how do we deal with all of that as we head into this season and make sure that we're still taking care of ourselves? So morning, Jay. Good morning. You know what? And I was just thinking it's it's like the physical manifestation of whatever we're dealing with. I mean, it, it always shows up in mind, body, and spirit, I think. And sometimes, oh gosh, yeah. you know, when we're, uh, it's interesting because I've had this happen with clients and in my own journey, my coach and I, almost, we didn't literally keep track of it, but we did um, at least acknowledge when I would have gone through a big push in business and or life and then not get sick <laughs> because yeah. it was inevitable for a while that if I was pushing myself really hard or taking on a lot, then inevitably I would end up with at least a day of like sore throat or, you know, some kind of, and mice and my, and everybody I think is different. I particularly manifest uh, illness in my respiratory area. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I carry with me Louise Hayes book, Heal Your Body. And so anytime I'm working with a client and they tell me they have something going on, I look up that body part. And uh, respiratory is all about uh, processing sorrow. And so for me, one of the things that I know about is if I've been around a lot of negativity or things that make me sad, like I can Mm -hmm. feel it in my body, like I feel heavy in my body. And then now I don't get, I mean, it's been a long time since I've gotten sick, uh, but I just, because I don't as much anymore, but I used to. Like, I mean, end up with massive respiratory issues all the time. And I have clients, I just, I have one in particular that used to get sick. When I've, I've been with her now. She just signed on for her second year with me. And the first year, she was the first six months, she was sick a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Oh, I bet. And yeah. Then, and then we made it, you know, like one of the things I do, just like my coach did with me, is I make sure to be have her be conscious of when she's had a stressful week and then a stressful weekend with either personal family stuff, which is, I think, the stuff that makes us the most sick, <laughs> personally, mm-hmm. or stuff. <laughs> Or we aren't being conscious. There's a couple things that happen. A, things like the holidays happen where you just, just life speeds up. Like you just, there's just so much happening. And, you know, for us anyway, I'm sure you have this experience. Once you have kids, it's exponential. It's like, oh oh my God, all the things, all the things to do. Yes. (laughs) And so you push yourself and you push yourself. And then by the end of it, you get sick. And like a level of perfection that you want to achieve because you do have kids. Because you're like, I want it to be the best. That's right. Um, The other thing for me is about, and, you know, I I just talked to a client about this the other day. One of the muscles that I flex and had to, it's another level of consciousness to be conscious of your schedule so much so that as you're planning things, you look in advance and you go, oh, no, I don't want to schedule that there because look what I have coming up the next day or the next two days. It takes a mm-hmm. skill to be able to be that like conscious. So I have a client, yeah. I have a client that, um, you know, had something scheduled. She was going to go on a trip, right? She had this big, long trip scheduled. And then the day she got that, 
that she got back in the afternoon the next day she had family coming to visit her. Oh, shoot. Family coming to visit her stresses her out to no end. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> when she tells yes. me this, the first thing I'm like, is, I say is, what? Why? Why would you do that? <laughs> what? Well, that's when they wanted to come. Oh, and I was no. like, oh, no. So then, long story short, she ends up like falling and breaking her knee or something. Like she couldn't go on her trip. Right. And yeah. then the people who were coming had to end up take, you know, like she had to, we had to, we did a lot of coaching around you being willing to make requests because this is your family coming to visit you and you're unable. Like you can't yeah. do it. So talk about a lesson from the universe. Right? Oh, my God. Guess who's going to learn to receive this week? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that crazy? That's crazy, but it's so like... Coaching people, I see it constantly. All sorts of physical manifestations come about, and I assert that every single one of them has something to do Mm -hmm. with what's going on with us emotionally, mentally, spiritually. You know, I think it's all connected. I don't think you can separate out the physical. Oh, I agree. I agree. On this, I've had a year where I've been really working on purging my body from all kinds of stuff from my past. And I'm even more and more convinced that it's so meshed that you just can't separate out your physical body from your emotional and mental well-being. And if you're dealing with a lot of negativity or you have a, or you've been on the go, I mean, the worst thing to do is like, you go, 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 go. And then you go see your family or something. Yeah. <laughs> And then you're like, oh, yay. That's like a, like a disaster waiting. Yeah. You're like, I might as well just book my sick bed next week and deal with that one. Well, <laughs> and, and I mean, they're, you know, like with my coach, one of the things that to stay in integrity with my arrangement with my coach, every day after a seminar, I take the day off, mm-hmm. right? Now, for example, next week, I have a seminar on Thursday. You and I are scheduled to record. But for me, and, you know, my coach and I talked about this, recording with you is a joy for me. Right. It's not like a drain on me at all. I really enjoy it. But then I'm not allowed to do anything else but that. <laughs> We're going to yeah. record, and then I'm going to go watch a movie or take the day off, you know, like that. Because once I do a full day seminar, even, I got to have just even the downtime I need from humans. Yeah. You know, to like, go oh my God, sit yeah. movie theater by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you're taking on so much in those seminars, too, because you're dealing with the emotionality that kind of comes out of those seminars. I can only and you do such a good job of like protecting yourself around that. But I mean, a full day of it (laughs) with like 20 people. (laughs) <laughs> you're like well then normally we do happy hour afterwards and you know so by the end of the by the end of a seminar day i am pretty much right. in the fry zone for the most part yeah. i mean it does energize me in the sense that i'm excited but i really to take to do the best thing for me is to like the next day i take the day off i do only things i want to do like mm-hmm. which i mean you know my theory is we should only do the things we want to do anyway right. but i really don't do i mean anything on those days, but just have fun and play and go see movies and record mm-hmm. podcasts and just the fun stuff. That's part of my formula. And what I encourage people to do and what I do with my clients is to become more and more conscious of what you have to be aware of around your schedule to give yourself the best self-care. Does that make sense? Totally. Totally. Because I think that that's one of those things that we, even if you've gotten good at self-care even if it's something that you have figured out a way to schedule into your your life and you you know things that make that build you up and that things that you need in your life when you hit those time frames where it even if you're doing those normal things that you do for yourself there are times in your life where it's not normal you know and you need to have something else it's It's, not enough yeah you need to you need to build some extra time in there And, you know, Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting, and this is sort of what happened with me and why this subject 
came up for me was I went on a trip and was we had a, a great time, wonderful time. It was blast. It was so I was so happy to see the people that I was able to see, and we got to go see Rent, the 20th anniversary of Rent, which. Cool. If you're a musical theater person like I am, it was incredible, and I got to introduce that to my daughter, and it was fantastic. Um, but you know, it was, it was a, a long car trip, and it was also um, there was a lot of emotional stuff that occurred around this trip. Um, some stuff that was some negativity, some some things that just happened, and mm-hmm. I don't. We don't have to go into the detail work of what happened to acknowledge the fact that as the end of that weekend occurred, I started to lose my voice, like literally started to lose my voice. And I felt like crap. And I was sitting there and part of the emotionality of it was that I had spent the weekend biting my tongue. You know, like I was trying very hard not to get involved where I didn't need to be involved or not to say the right, the wrong thing or to even just when I was hijacked, shut my mouth, you know? So there was Uh a lot of time spent literally like shutting off my voice. And so we come home and I'm, then I'm, by the time we're in the car on the way home, I'm running a fever and my voice, I'm still, you can kind of probably still hear it. My voice is still kind of, and I've got this just fiery sore throat and I am just feel like crap. And I haven't felt that bad in a long time. You know, I've had little things here and there, and usually I can trace it back to I over-sugared or I, you know, let the stress of something take over or, you know, whatever it might be. And I can go, oop, there you go. And then I feel better, you know, almost immediately um, as soon as I recognize what it is that's making me feel like crap. But this time I wasn't able to, you know, figure it out. And I'm like, what is going on with me? And I just all of a sudden heard heard Jay, he just popped into my head and he was like, hey, Becca, you're losing your voice because you haven't been using your voice. And so therefore, you've stressed yourself out and this all of this stuff that's gone on is happening and it's physically manifesting itself in this way. And I was like, yeah. oh, yep, that's that, that, that'd be it. Thanks, Jay. I'm glad that you yeah. are in my brain. And you know what? The, can I read the book to yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is from the Louise, Louise Hayes book, Heal Your Body. And if anybody, I just love having this thing on my Kindle. <laughs> like, I have it on my phone. So anytime somebody, you know, tells me about a part of their body, I go look it up. Here's what it says. Throat, avenue of, of expression, channel of creativity, the inability to speak up for oneself, swallowed anger, stifled creativity, refusal to change. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thanks, Louise. <laughs> Awesome. I'd say that's pretty much right on target, isn't it? Nail on head, yeah. yes. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that crazy? Though? I mean, I just find that so interesting. Not that it's surprising. Cause, I mean, I guess I should stop being surprised. You know, at some point, you'd think you would. No. But the, it's just so fascinating to me, uh, this humanness that we live in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, and that it's real. I mean, it's so, so... I mean, and I'm not... We're not sitting here saying that people manifest cancer or you know some sort of horrible disease or what whatever that might be I don't think that that's necessarily true although you can say that there I mean I, I think that there are people who could say they could trace things back um, especially if it's like a, yeah. a heart attack or if it's you know some sort of cancers that reside in certain parts of the body one of it depends on how you define disease I mean if you look at disease as a dis-ease in the body then I mean you know I, 
and I know people who have had. I'm like you. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to uh, assert that people are like manifesting cancer. And at the same time, I know people who've had cancer and have, but you know, the kind of cancer that they mm-hmm. could heal from. And those people would tell me that they created it. You know what I mean? That that's and that's them speaking, right. not me. But I'm sharing their story. Um, I believe I bring to me everything that I have, and I'm very clear that my physical body is a complete manifestation of whatever's going on with me emotionally and physically. And sometimes I can't see it. So that's the frustrating part. I've got a friend right now who's got a, uh, a shoulder. Her left shoulder is jacked up. And she's got it's actually her spine. She's got a, a disc that's rubbing up against another one, but it's manifesting in a pinched nerve going down her left arm. And we were just talking about this yesterday where it's like we know like we know, <laughs> knowing doesn't make a difference. This is this is a very key point in all personal development. Knowing never makes a difference because I know, and the same thing with when I had my hip stuff. I knew that this was about control. It was about me letting go of lots of things, me working through stuff. But I couldn't just heal myself mm-hmm. right then and there. I couldn't just work through the emotionality of it right then and there and get it to take my physical pain away that would be my ultimate like if i could get to the place where i could yeah you know touch people and heal them that would be yeah (laughs) (laughs) there are people that can do that um and most of the people i know who are healers heal incrementally i I, i've I've never there are people like john of god and you know people like that in the world who can lay hands Mm -hmm. on people and heal Mm -hmm. them you know i don't know any of those people most of the people i know can heal people incrementally by helping them work through it and helping them, you know, reset the energy and reset the chakras and that kind of stuff. But I buy all of it. I mean, for me, it's all a physical manifestation. And if we are conscious enough to pay attention to it, I also think our physical bodies will tell us exactly Mm. what we need. And in your case, Mm -hmm. you know, part of that is like, guess what? It's time to (laughs) slow down. (laughs) You need you, you need, need to, to lay down, down. <laughs> and you might need to get yourself expressed yeah. at some yeah, point. Exactly, <laughs> and you need to, and also recognizing like the the fact that this is. I think it was a big aha moment for me. My body was like, "I'm going to make this. I, I'm going to really give it to you. You know, like I, I got to like yeah. let you know that this is what's happening by four uh, so that yeah. you see it." And then, therefore, can control it in a better way. Because I thought, to be honest, I thought I was doing a pretty damn good job. You know, like, here I was, not engaging or, you know, or if I was hijacked, I was shutting my mouth, you know. Now, I had a couple of times where I did not, and I admit that fully, um, where, and that usually, um, those moments occurred when it was affecting somebody else and I needed to, I wanted to shut it down. Um, and I think that there are those moments in anybody's life. Um, but, um, you know, so I thought, okay, you know, Becca, but I, I also think that my body was telling me and saying that my voice is a powerful thing. And if I don't uh-huh. use it in a powerful way, that not engaging isn't always the, answer. the best. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's not. And you if know, I can come say- at it from a place of non-hijack, if I can right. do it in a calm, caring, yeah. loving way. Yeah. There you go. I got to use my voice. Yeah. And, but I mean, the, the level of skill that that takes is, I mean, that's, that's your higher math stuff is being able to, you know, get to a place where you can come from a place of being, of getting, of speaking what you're committed to, what your commitment is 
to create compassion and love and connectedness with people, mm-hmm. right? And so right. it takes a, a lot of skill to be in a situation that occurs like a negative crap ball and can be the one to like transform that into a powerful positive experience i mean that's a that's a lot it's a lot so i mean i would i would assert that you've made a lot of progress not perfection but progress in the in the sense that like you know you did do well i mean i would my point is i don't want to invalidate that you did it that you did well right oh yeah i had exactly the same experience i mean it was um a couple years ago when we my siblings and i all got together and I had a similar experience where I lost my voice and I came back with a respiratory crap. <laughs> it was, mm-hmm. I'm processing sorrow and I shut my mouth the whole time. I just shut up. I didn't say it. And for me, it was like, like it, in that situation for me, it occurs like sometimes like I'm unable to say anything that makes a difference mm-hmm. because I'm just mm-hmm. going to get pissed. <laughs> exactly. And maybe it's okay for me to get pissed. You know what I mean? I yeah. don't know. I'm I haven't been bold enough to be back in that situation where I'm going to say something, you know? But I remember yeah. at the time feeling exactly like you did where it was like, "Oh, I'm doing okay. I'm 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 not freaking out. I'm managing myself." But then I got sick and I was like, "Yeah, you're you you're because <laughs> yeah. you ate it all. I ate all of it." <laughs> and then it exactly. totally ended up in my body. Same exact situation. And so, you know, we've got this this manifestation that happens. And part of it, like we were talking about with the self-care sort of side of things and being in the place where I have set up sort you know, my self-care rituals of things that I do for myself. But there are those times where you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do something more. You gotta add to that list. And whether that is going down, you know, like literally like I'm going to take a day and I'm going to binge watch House Hunters episodes and, you know, (laughs) not answer my phone. Or if it's a massage or if it's a, a long run or if it's a shopping with the girlfriends, something that really builds you up and lifts you up and... And heals you. Yeah, exactly. Um, What, from your perspective, like what are some of those things or how, how can we get into that place where we know, okay, now it's time for some extra extra self-love here. Well, and I think that's the level of like all of us becoming more and more conscious because I think it's everybody's different around what they need and when they're going to need extra, you know, extra mm-hmm. self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when I've got a client who's dealing with a lot of stuff, the very first thing on their hook list is extreme self-care. And because I believe that if you take on extreme self-care and you get yourself into, especially just doing what you need to do for yourself, everything else will take care of itself. Um, it just always does. I've never seen it fail. But I think it's a matter of being conscious. Of, there's this weird, weird plane, consciousness plane between I have to take care of these people mm-hmm. and I need to take care of myself. Yeah. <laughs> because there are, you know, like we have little kids. We ha- There are things we have to do, right? right? But I think we get this mindset that if I don't do the, certain things, the world will literally fall apart. <laughs> 
oh. you know, like it's going to be ended. Yes. So, <laughs> I'm laughing because it's like I lived that way for a lot of years where yeah. it was like, and, and it, you know, it's like there's an ego level to that, which I yeah. just laugh at now. I think that's all ego. Yeah. And I think it gets to the point where, I mean, but I, I have women who would argue with me about that. You know, they would be like, no, I have to do this. The world will end if I don't. <laughs> um, that's their experience. You know, yeah. I mean, that's just how they feel. Well, and, and they've totally set it up that. that way too with the people in their lives right. a lot of times. Yeah. That's what I found yeah. out was that yeah, I had exactly. set myself up. Me too. The expectation was that I was going to do it and I was good. You know, and that I, I created that, you know, absolutely. I also think that it's a matter, it's so individual, but for me, it's like, that's why I have that integrity list of stuff that I'm doing on a regular. And then if I'm doing all that stuff and I'm feel, still feeling stressed out, guess what? It's time for more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's time for more self-care. And that's kind of my barometer. Because if you're – you can always look at, just like you said, you can go, oh, yep, I OD'd on sugar or I didn't do my inta- – I didn't work out or I didn't do my normal stuff, my maintenance plan, right? My, what's what we call it in the book is your maintenance formula for happiness. So what's your maintenance formula? Mine is meditating, working out, low sugar, all that stuff. I know if I've been pounding candy and not working out – Obviously, I'm going to feel bad, but if I have been doing low sugar and I'm working out and I'm doing all the things I need to do and I'm still feeling stressed out, I need to do more, right? I need to like meditate more. One of my things, I love yoga nidra. Mm. It's one of my favorite things. Yoga nidra is called sleep yoga and it's nidra is spelled N-I-D-R-A and you can find it anywhere. I use a guy, I bought a CD off of iTunes a long time ago or downloaded it called his name is James Jewell, and he does a yoga nidra. You can do a short one or a long one. It takes 40 minutes, but it's called sleep yoga because you do it, and then it's supposed to feel like you got like eight hours of sleep. Ooh. When my little kids were little, when, they were t- when we first got them, it saved my life, I'm convinced, because I was getting no sleep. So I was trying to function on two hours of sleep in the world, and that was not – I was going to lose my mind. Yeah. And so I started doing sleep yoga – uh, yoga nidra during the day mm-hmm. and I just take either 20 minutes or 40 minutes to do that and that got me through the rest of the day so I had to double down on my spiritual work when when that was the situation mm-hmm. um, I've doubled down on my spiritual work many times <laughs> you know just because it's like oh here's something stressful's coming up I should I need to you know um, I feel like it depends on the person but I really feel like part of it is you being conscious of your calendar being conscious of what's coming up I mean I've had this happen where I did this to myself just last week if I think about it yeah um, yeah last week let me look up think about my week last week on Wednesday started Wednesday so Wednesday, I spoke uh, to our USD staff about being a trans. I was on a panel about being a trans guy. That afternoon, I spoke to the Free State GSA. The next morning, I had an early client, and I, I there was something else that I had. I, now I can't remember what it was. I just you know like and then uh, so that was Thursday. I was with people all day. Friday, I went to Emporia and spoke Friday, and then the next morning we got up and. Uh, came back and then I was the one who was coordinating all the food and everything for a, a, a memorial for a friend of mine who died. And so then Sunday I spoke and then Sunday I got up, had my 9 a.m. vortex group, then church. Then right after that, I spoke at another panel um, oh my at gosh. KU. So four speaking gigs in about four days, right? 
Yeah. By Sunday night, I didn't want to see another human being. (laughs) (laughs) I I just was done. Yeah. I was done. Fortunately, I mean, I have a a wife who gets it. And so, like, I just went and took some time by myself. You know, I just went and shut myself in my room, took some time by myself, you know, I did. I chose not to work out Monday morning. I let myself sleep later. I needed to sleep. Sometimes for me, and this is a tricky one, boy, because I tell you, your ego will go crazy with this, and mine does. Trying to talk me out of going to work out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but there are times when sleep is more important. Oh yeah. I believe that. Yeah. That Monday was one. Of those. like it was more important for me to sleep in, and in my house, sleeping in is till seven, so that's not a lot. But yeah, <laughs> it, I ride a bike I- at six. <laughs> yeah, know, I did so, not get up at five thirty. Yeah, um, but all I not and had I you know really been paying attention, I didn't notice that I had all those things stacked on top of each other. Yeah, that's a lot. In the past, I guarantee you, by Monday I would have been sick. Yeah, I mean that's hundred percent. I guarantee. Two years ago, I would have been sick on Monday. I would have not been able to function, and would have been sick because of all that outpouring. Hell, I wouldn't have energy. been able to function by Saturday. It's a lot. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm pretty expansive, so I can do a lot. But that's what that's what we have to, I have to pay attention to is how much energy am I putting out? That, I yes. think, is the key thing to have your eyeball on, is how much energy am I giving out versus how much am I bringing into me and feeding me? And in that situation, for example, I was getting about a lot. You know, I was when I'm speaking, it's a lot of energy. And so, you know, four times in four days of speaking, and then also arranging a funeral. <laughs> so, you know, coordinating food for a funeral. I had a lot on my plate. <laughs> you know, it was, it was a lot going a on. Bit. Yeah, and I managed without yelling at anybody, or you know, I was maybe a little bit grumpy Sunday evening um, with my kids because I was fried, but not a lot. It was pretty good. Um, and that's to me the benefit of continuing to be conscious and do this work is I can take on more and more, but I also don't want to. I want to be in a place where I manage my schedule and know I don't want to take on all that stuff. I mean, it's just right. too much. Right. Um, that I think being conscious about it is the is the most important thing. And then the other thing for me is the minute I get a clue that this is manifesting itself physically, I get in action and do my best to figure out what it is I got to process and also start taking on self-care so I can heal myself. And that's so, yeah, if you can catch yourself, and I think that that's one of those things that, you know, we can, we can do. And when you do it and when you, and you can see yourself sort of turn it around, it really Mm -hmm. is such like a, a, very powerful. it really is a cool feeling because you're like, okay, yeah, I, I managed that, you know, I, I got Mm -hmm. myself out of that place. I didn't, I didn't go didn't go there. And one of the things that you just said, which I think is was interesting, was the the what you said about having a partner who is uh, is understanding. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm going to say, you know, nine times out of ten, most likely, the if you have a partner in your life, that partner is understanding. But but you might not think it right now. Um, I thought for years that my partner didn't give a crap. Um, you know, when he would see me get sick and I, what I would say, you know, I would say, gosh, I don't feel well. I'm really not feeling great right now. 
And he didn't say, oh, I'll go to bed. Or, you know, he didn't respond in the way I wanted him to respond. I didn't ask him for anything. He didn't, he, he didn't, you didn't give him a script. No. <laughs> he, he wasn't no. following your script. Exactly. My, my imaginary script that I'd created in my head that he wasn't privy to. And when he didn't, I was like, well, see, he doesn't, he doesn't care. He doesn't get it. He's, he's not being supportive of me. So then I would almost double down on my efforts to like prove to him that he was being an asshole because I would be like, okay, fine. You don't recognize that I'm not feeling well or I'm not feeling up to it. I need some time. What if I hang myself on this cross? Then will you notice? (laughs) Exactly. So I'm going to go in and clean the refrigerator and I'm going to. While I'm got a fever. Yes. And I'm going to sit there and look and be like, oh, well, it had to be done. So I I guess I'll make, you know. (laughs) Oh my God. I look back on that now and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I, well, what shifted for you? Cause that is so powerful, Becca, that you, and you, something happened. You gave up a story. Oh, hell yeah. I, mean, I really want to unpack this for a second because you gave up a story, but something, ha- something had to have happened that have you give up that story. Did you have a communication with him? Like, did you finally ask him, do you really not give a shit or did you just <laughs> get it one day? What happened? I think it really started at the very beginning of, me doing this work because one of my my one of my stories was I don't have enough time to dot 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 and the reason I didn't have enough time to was because I had taken on it all you know like I was the mom and I was in charge of it all and and I had told myself so many times that it was because he didn't manage it or he wouldn't manage it I think that's more important I would he wouldn't do it um, but then I think I just realized one day, like, I, I don't think I've ever asked him. You know, I really don't think that I've asked him. And I, and I remember it was something where I even would be afraid to say, um, hey, the girls want to go to dinner. Would you mind if I, you know, is it okay if, if I go and you can put the kids to bed and whatever? I, I would just say in my head, I would create this whole story about how he was going to be pissed off that, you know, I was making him watch his own children. I don't know. Um, (laughs) You know, and so I would use that as an excuse. And so then it was like, okay, well, he doesn't, I can't even go out with my friends. I can't even ask for time because then I will be making him do something that he's not willing to do. And so I just asked one day, I was like, well, I think it was something that you actually had told me um, because I was complaining to you. I was whining about how I didn't get any help around the house or whatever. Um, and you said, well, have you asked him? And I was like, well, yeah, yeah. no, I guess I, <laughs> no. no. And this is like 10 years of marriage. You know, this is two children. This is a lot of time has gone by where I just never asked him and so I came home and you that was on my hook list and you said ask him (laughs) and so I was like and I remember being in like this panic that he was gonna say no and then I was like okay what you focus on gets bigger what you focus on no okay no we're gonna manifest this we're gonna say he's gonna say yes and he's gonna be doing it with joy and so I asked him and he was like oh yeah sure okay no problem and I was like oh okay well well that that worked. <laughs> and, and you know, now that I think about it, I probably did ask him before, but 
in my head, I always had him saying no. So here I was basically pre-paving it so that he would say no. And so I was just basically giving myself no hope that it would actually happen. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yes. So basically, it was just another way for me to prove that he was going to say no. Like another way to prove to myself that I was a freaking martyr. And I had this person who didn't care and wasn't going to do what I needed. Well, yeah. And if you can, if you can get like holding that level of energy and then making requests from there, what he must be really receiving. If everything's energy, it's not just your words people oh, get. Yeah. It's the energy that behind the words. So if he's getting asked from a place of, and I know you're not going to do it anyway, because you don't give a crap about me and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What he might have heard was, you are Satan and I don't love you. You know, I don't know. But like, I don't, you know what I mean? It's not literally, but it's, you know, that, I mean, it's just stuff to think about. It's like how you make the request and how you be about things is how, what, how people are going to receive you. And I think the other one that you taught me a lot about in terms of this, the self-care arena was one of my things that annoyed the crap out of me was if he did do something put the dishes away, vacuum, whatever. He would go around being like, look, I vacuumed. Did you see the vacuuming job I did? Hey, there's, I vacuumed it. Look how great this floor looks. Hey, everybody, come in and let's look at the floor that it's been vacuumed. (laughs) And he would call his mom and be like, so when I was vacuuming earlier, and I'd be like, for God's sake, you just fucking vacuumed. Why do we need to like have a party every time you do something? I've done 85 different things today that you don't even know happened, but that's how it works because, you know, you have we have to have a freaking party for you when you do something. And I was like, well, uh, and you were like, well, have you ever just acknowledged him without him having to ask for acknowledgement? And I was like, no. And you're like, I was like, but, but. I don't need acknowledgement. I don't, I, I do all this stuff and I'm not asking for a party. And you're like, well, that's you, you know, maybe he needs acknowledgement. Is that a bad thing? Like, it's okay. How, how hard is it for yeah. you to say, thank you for vacuuming, hun? That's great. Yeah. And so I started doing it ahead of time before he got to the place where he felt like he had to ask for it. And now yeah. I very rarely hear him continue on the path you know it's like as soon as I acknowledge him he doesn't need the ticker tape parade you know he doesn't need to call his mom and tell him what she you know that he vacuumed today because he's getting acknowledged before he has to get has to go begging for it (laughs) that's fantastic of course that makes sense that's brilliant though (laughs) I mean you gotta get how I mean that's 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 powerful stuff I mean you're completely transformed your relationship inside of that oh completely well and I did it with the help of a of a of a J. <laughs> I don't think well, I yeah, gotten there by myself. It did the work. I mean, that's amazing. And he's got to be happier because he's not. You know, he's actually getting treated like he's an equal that can do stuff and you know get the acknowledgement he wants and maybe needs. Because all of us have different ways that we need to be acknowledged. And I think that's if we give up judging people for how they need to be acknowledged and just acknowledge them, it's a lot easier. And it's like, how hard is that? I mean, it really doesn't take anything off my plate. My love language or my my things that build me up. I don't. I'm not an. I don't need acknowledgement. I don't need somebody to pat me on the back and tell me how great I did or whatever. I mean, everybody needs it occasionally. You know, like you don't want to like wander in the woods feeling like you've done. But and so when I do get it, I it is a nice feeling. But that's not what that's not what builds me. And so what builds me is somebody you know, being more um, 
reciprocal. So if like, it's more like, hey, I'm really glad that you did that. And so I'm going to, I'm seeing that. I, I see you. I see that you're participate do, have done this. So I'm going to do this quiet thing to help you out or whatever, you know, so yeah. that it's, there's not a lot of, com- it doesn't have to be a lot of conversation around it. But when I witness that, I'm like, okay, yeah, like he gets it, like he feels it. Um, uh-huh. And I, that's, and when I came home sick, he had been at home with our seven-year-old son all weekend and they'd gone camping and they had gone to a football game and they had run their butts off and they, you know, and he had had done all the laundry and, you know, he really had had a big, huge weekend himself. And I know that he was exhausted. Um, And so here comes his wife in the door who'd been off on an adventure, you know, having fun and eating good food and going to do fun things and, and saying, I'm sick. I feel like crap. And, I think that in the past, because of how I would have created it, I would have had a husband who would have gone, I'm tired, dude. I, you know, I had a long weekend too. I'm going to sit here on the couch and, you know, you deal with it. Um, Because that's how he probably would have responded in the past because I made it happen that way. You know, that was Mm -hmm. the other part of it was like, I didn't, I never would have thought I would have been like, well, screw you, you know, how now I know that I create it. So I created him going, Oh my God, hon, I'm so sorry. That's, I I know that that's the last thing you need right now. Go to bed, get, you know, I'll take care of this. Let me get the laundry started. Let me do this. Let me make dinner tonight. Um, you know, that kind of thing. And it was so wonderful (laughs) that, I'm like, why did I spend all that time making my life so hard? I don't know, but I mean, I just, I can't, I'm gushing over here because the, I know from where you came (laughs) around that and it hasn't been that long. I mean, it may have been like maybe three years in the making or whatever, but still three years is a blip on the radar. If you ask me, especially given that you'd had 10 years of marriage before that. Oh yeah. You know, like you completely transform that conversation. You have a whole new level of uh, communication and love and honor. And I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you knew you you sat there and listened to me bitch for a lot of time. Oh, yeah. I heard it. Yeah. (laughs) I got it. And I mean, I want to acknowledge him. I hope that you do. Go home and acknowledge the hell out of him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, (laughs) I've been, that's one of those. You know, what a guy. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm pretty proud of him. And I think that yeah. that's one of those things where when you go into the idea of self-care, you got to have the ability to have the people in your life recognize that that has value as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. And being willing to ask for what you want and what you need. This is what I was just talking about that my client that had, you know, hurt her knee. I'm like, I, you know, put her on the hook to make a minimum of three requests a day, which I do a lot of times. I make, I ask people to make requests, but it's like, come on, you know, you, this is an opportunity for you to flex this muscle in allowing people to, because, you know, when you uh, are the one who's always taking care of everybody, number one, you're setting that up. Like you're setting that up as a, as like how it goes. So people just think, well, that's how it goes. So that person really doesn't need anything. Right. And you set it up as an expectation that that's how it's It's always always going to be. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So then, then you feel then that's when you do need something and then you get on a pity pot because nobody ever takes care of me. It's like, well, who taught him that? I mean, 
like that's how we train people. So to be able to ask for what you need and then, you know, I love that you threw in the acknowledgement there because I would assert that getting acknowledgement is part of self-care and knowing how we want to be acknowledged is such a way to know ourselves. I mean, you know, if I clean out the garage, you know, and I, because I love to make my garage tidy, like I'll take everything out, I clean everything, I put everything back. One of the first things I do is I go get Jessica and I go, come look at the garage. Yeah. (laughs) I want to be acknowledged for this, Yes. you know. But we, you know, she knows that and we know from, you know, all the work that we've done together, how each other likes to be acknowledged. So we don't make it mean anything. We just do the acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. We're like, yeah, she'll come out. Nice job in the garage, honey. She'll make a big deal out about yeah. it for a minute. You know, it only takes a second. But she totally will acknowledge the hell out of me for cleaning the garage just because I asked to be acknowledged for that. Right. I think part of self-care is knowing how we need to be acknowledged and how we want to be acknowledged and asking for it if we're not kidding it. Yep. Right. People can't read our minds. They can't know, especially if you've been training them your whole life that you don't need anything. Exactly. Exactly. Or that or that acknowledgement in general is wrong, because that was the other thing that I was doing was I would get pissed off because I would say, thanks for, you know, even the very first time he would say, oh, look, I vacuumed. And my tone, my I mean, even if I was saying, great job, hun, I was doing it like, oh, Great job, hun. Thanks for freaking vacuuming. <laughs> Thanks for participating in the English. household, you <laughs> dumbass. You know? Yeah. And yeah, so, that oh, that felt good for him, I'm sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. That's good stuff. So cool. I think that um, I hope we're running up here. We're going to be trying to keep things around. We're even over what we tried to do, but trying to keep things under an hour as always. But um, how maybe uh, invite people to come to the Facebook page doing the work with Jay and Becca and talk about your self-care, talk about your acknowledgement, Think, talk about things that, you know, if you're struggling in this area um, of, you know, taking the time and, and making the requests, come and talk about it to people. There are some amazing people on that, um, on our group, in our group, not on our group, in our group, um, who are willing and ready and, and would love to be able to share with, with you their experiences and how they have worked through this process so i hope you guys come and join us there yeah and you know i want to say that i don't because i hear it all the time from people that they just have this idea that they can't they just can't do Mm -hmm. it and here's what i want to tell you i don't care who you are what you do for a living there is nothing the world is the universe is spinning on in its axis i mean the it's happening out there you taking a day to yourself is not going to tank the universe (laughs) it is it is not going to spin us out of it like it is not that important you know like there's a level of getting just how important are you and figuring out uh, that how much of that is ego how much ego is at play when we refuse like we're the only ones that can manage things and and what it robs of the people of and that's what i think you know i just want to reiterate that I think you came up with is now you have a husband who is a full partner and participating in your relationship because you let him. Exactly. You know, exactly. Brilliant. And now he's he's figured it out. And, and I think that you just hit on something really, really big and I hadn't heard it in that way before, but I want to reiterate that the thought process of it, if we are all creating this and if we are the powerful ones taking a day for ourselves, whatever story we create 
is what's going to occur. So if we create the story that says, I'm going to take a day of, of you know, extreme self-care and I'm going to do this for myself and I'm going to shut myself off and the world is going to keep spinning, you know, and, and things are going to go well and people are going to, you know, things are still going to happen and the kids are still going to get fed and the, you know, whatever it is that you're freaking out that's not going to have happen. If you say to yourself Mm -hmm. that it's still going to go, it's going to be fine. You know, what a relief off your shoulders, first of all. And second of all, it's the story you create. So you can create it as it's the, you know, the world blows up if you do something for yourself or not, you know? Well, I always choose to create it that I always have the best results when I'm out there having fun. I mean, things happen. I go, I just go take myself to a movie. I'll have people, two people register in my seminar while I'm doing that. You know, that's always happens every single time. If I just go, and that's kind of because I believe that that's what's going to happen. I'm sure, you know, so it is, you're right. It's a story. So thanks for being with us again. We hope you'll uh, go review us on iTunes and tell all your friends (laughs) and uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on doing the work with Jay and Becca. We hope that you got a little slice of practical transformation that you can use in your personal and business life. And here's what we want to leave you with. Whether you are just starting on this journey of practical transformation and just starting with baby step affirmations to to focus you in a direction of loving yourself or whether you've been doing this work for a long time and you can literally say, I am thrilled with the path my life is on, wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with right now, you're right where you're supposed to be. The thing that's in front of you is the thing that's going to have you at your most powerful once you accomplish it. And what I know and what we know is if you're willing to take baby steps with progress, not perfection, and just staying on that horse, you're gonna get there. And we're gonna get there with you. So thanks for being with us. Now, don't forget to go and subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Let us know what you think. And reach us at info at doing, uh, sorry, info at jayandbecca.com. And that will let us know if you have any topics you want us to cover or anybody you want us to interview, maybe you. You can reach us on our Facebook page too, right? Yep. Yeah, totally. So um, that's just facebook.com slash Becca. All right. We'll see you around next time. Bye, Thanks for joining Jay. us.